welcome back. I'm Jojo Fraser. It's time for a Mojo Injection, episode 71. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you've had a great week. I've had the kids off school for, for a week, so I've been on some adventures. Of course, it's been mental and, and um, those moments where it all gets a bit noisy and crazy. And ah, But um, I took some time on Thursday just to be an adult not a mum for a little bit which was nice um, we've been on lots of adventures getting out of our head in a really good way and I feel like I got to do a little bit of writing recently and I feel like having had that break and that time out embracing the madness and the kids madness and the fun and the adventure has been really good because I feel like my brain's thanking me for it, thanking me for the rest and now I'm getting lots of ideas uh, for my writing and enjoying that and I find for me I've been thinking about quotes that I'll share of my next book and when I get that feeling like oh, people are going to like that it, it shows me that the words are flowing and they're the right words um, and they're words that I want to share so I'm excited I really am and this week is an amazing episode so Marilyn has produced a brilliant film called Connect. You may have seen it. There's been a lot of hype about it over the past week and it's been shown around. Um, I watched it a couple of months ago and it had me in tears, but most importantly, it really got me thinking. And that's what we need. We want to keep learning. We want to stay curious about our minds and raise awareness so that we can all do our bit to help with the crazy stats and to not sweep things under the carpet, but to really become aware of what's going on so this is a fascinating discussion um, Marilyn began her career as an assistant director in 2010 she was working as a floor runner in BBC Scotland's ongoing drama River City she works on a variety of films including Sunshine and Leith, Under the Skin and The Railway Man to name a few she's also worked with many TV comedies and dramas including ITV's Ben and Dorm and BBC's The Replacement and in 2015 she gave birth to her daughter who is the inspiration behind the name of our production company, Angel Face Productions. Marilyn is now pursuing a career as a director and Connect is her directorial debut. Um, she's smashing it. I'm really, really inspired by hearing her story and what, what brought her on to create this amazing film, which is set in North Berwick, a place I adore. It's where my mum and dad met. I've got loads of childhood memories there. I spoke there recently at Fringe by the Sea. I was swimming. In the water, I was happy as Larry. But most importantly, oh, this will get you thinking. The film will get you thinking. And also about, you know, a lot of us, we try and understand people's minds and mental health. And something that really got me was, you know, when people hear thoughts and voices and they imagine things and how that can impact our mental health. And I remember that when I was going through, when my dad was really sick, and the levels of paranoia and the things that were just so, so hard to understand. And I think she portrays this beautifully. The characters are, oh, they're just bang on. And it, yeah, just amazing. So I don't want to give too much away, but if you've not seen Connect, I would, I would really recommend that you check it out and that you tune into this. You learn something from it. You're inspired. You're, um, yeah, you just, I don't know what you're going to take from it, but it'll be something. So tune in guys and enjoy and thank you for being here all my love okay so an amazing film you've done such a good job the inspiration behind it tell me about you were working on outlander yes i was working on outlander and i met a young guy there and he ended up being an extra for me and we became friends on Facebook and I remember him posting about how happy he was and how life was great and then three months later he had taken his own life and mm. it really stuck with me like I, I couldn't stop thinking about it for a while actually and what really got me the most was he was only 23 and mm. I thought you know he's too young to sounds really bad but to give up so soon mm. do you know what I mean like um, so that kind of really stuck with me and about a year later after that I decided to make a film and I thought what well, I had a few ideas and that was one of them and I thought with the amount of coverage in the media about male mental health I thought you know this is a subject that kind of needs some attention mm-hmm. so that's what I'll make basically. Wow so what sort of impact did that have on you seeing that he came across like things were great and then just like that I mean, I didn't know him that on a deep personal level, but 
you know, I spoke to his mum afterwards, so she came to one of our screenings in Glasgow and she had said, you know, he's always had mental health issues, but we never for one second would have thought he would have done that. Yeah. So even they were completely shocked despite his sort of previous history. Um, but again, for me, it was just the age. And at the time I found that out, I was maybe like 34 and he was 23 mm-hmm. and... I was like, wow, my life is so different for yeah. when I was 23 to now. Yeah. And I, I kind of just wanted to tell him that. Like, it's going to be so different, but you can because obviously... But then, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, so... I know. And it, it, it's hope for people, you know. They could be so low, but you know, like, we, we go through things and we can come out of them, but then if you've got these mental health issues... So did you have to do a lot of research because, you know, there's parts of the film that are really get you thinking? Like, mm. where did you get those ideas for, for the characters? I mean, for me, there was kind of points I wanted to make that I could that I personally observe in society. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like there's a, there's a bit of a social media theme to the film, mm-hmm. so... No, kind of, I suppose, portraying it to be negative to some extent, but I think it's only negative if you're in a negative frame of mind. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that kind of theme, and these are just things that I personally witness in, um, in life. And, like, for example, my friend came up to me once and she said she had had a baby, like I had a baby, and she was really struggling, and she was like, how, how do you do it? Like you're so happy, like, your life's amazing. And I was like, what makes you think that? And she was like, I see all your pictures on Facebook. And I was like, actually, no, this is me and my partner are now splitting up. So what you thought is the total opposite, (laughs) how her life actually was. Do you know what I mean? And that kind of woke me up to, like, wow, people put on social media the things that they want you to see and hide the things that you don't know, that you don't want them to see. Um... So, so, you know, it's highly curated by the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of just wanted to factor things like that. And I think that adds to it. And I think that, you know, just in terms of how our society has developed, like it's sort of like more acceptable now to be living on your own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in other countries, like generations all live in one house. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that. So we all kind of separate. And then our families are all quite apart and stuff so it was just kind of all these things that I'd noticed that I'd put in it but for me in terms of research I researched like failed attempts right. like I wanted to see if the people who had tried to do it what they thought like were they did they still want to do it or were they regretting it and all of them were just like so glad that it it didn't work out basically Mm -hmm. and so that kind of motivated me I suppose and I was like do you know what I'm going to make a film about this like I think this is really a subject that needs to be told however like now obviously having made the film um, and trying to get it out there you do realise that not everybody wants to talk about it it's a really hard subject and I've been campaigning for over five years now and I remember at the start people were like, whoa, but what I did with my, my writing is trying to put a different spin on it. So it was like, my, so when my dad was really depressed and suicidal, I was putting myself in his, like what the real him would be saying to me, like, it's not your fault and I, I have no control of this and because I was thinking, if this happens to me as a mum now, how what would I want to say to my kids? Yeah. And because Dad and I are so close, so it's trying to play to people on an emotional level. You know, we we need to talk about this, but it doesn't have to be. You know, we j- we just need to have a bit of empathy and try and get into because if we brush it under the surface, mm. it's not going to change anything, yeah. is it? Um, so I think it's just putting a different spin on it. But I think you you were really clever with the film because you did put a different spin on it. You mm-hmm. know. Um, so things like I mean it's powerful what you say about you know nobody wanted to do it but at that point they just felt they had no choice yeah. what do you feel are the key barriers then apart from not being able to talk about it um, quite frequently people say the system fails men so I think that 
in terms of the setup just now, the referral time for when somebody goes to see a doctor to when they actually get help could be months, yeah. months and months. So I think someone like that definitely needs to be looked at and that needs to change. Mm-hmm. But also I think society just needs to change. This like, boys don't cry, mm-hmm. you know, you should man up and everything. All that needs to change. And I, you can kind of see that happening now, mm-hmm. but there's still a huge amount of like shame attached to it. Yeah. And since I've did a couple of screenings and there's been, I've had a couple of people message me after the screenings saying that maybe a member of their family had taken their own life mm-hmm. and that the family basically always ignored that or they spoke like they were in a car accident or had a heart attack or something. They would never admit it and mm-hmm. most, most of the family didn't know that the, the family thought that person had a heart attack or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were they sent me messages since going, do you know what, we're going to tell people now, like, we're not ashamed anymore, we're going to talk about it, we're going to sit our kids down, we're going to talk to them about it. And so things, I was like, wow, these people are actually talking about it after seeing the film, so, like, that was amazing. That is amazing, because mm. we all know people that, I mean, we mental health is a thing, it's health, it's not, health is health, whether that's mental or physical, but yeah. it's almost like people are ashamed to admit that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what is the difference whether they had a heart attack or their mind stopped working the way that it normally should? It's crazy. It's Mm -hmm. actually, that's the mental thing that people feel like they should hide it. And so I I think we need more of that. Things that connect with people so that it makes them realise, oh, it is, I don't like the word normal, but it is okay. Yeah. It is just a, it's just another form. Like there's nothing, you can't, it's not a competition either, what your health reason is. Yeah, yeah. You know, a heart attack, cancer, depression, um, extreme anxiety, they're all, you know, it's not a competition about which one looks better or which one. It's just life. It's a yeah. part of life that we need to talk about. Um, so well done for that. Thanks. I mean, what I've noticed since doing this is that everybody seems to suffer from some form of depression or anxiety or they're like having their own sort of mental health challenges especially people at my age mm. um you know for example all my friends are mums and some of them are now struggling with the fact that I don't have a social life I don't have a career and all these things and so it's not just men it's women as well and I think in this process for me what I've learned is that actually mental health should be like physical health it should be like diet it should be like a daily thing yeah people should address it every day whether it's like a form of meditation mm-hmm. or maybe once a month you go see a therapist or something mm-hmm. and it just sh- you shouldn't be ashamed yet you know it should be us talking about it like oh, what did your therapist say today like yeah. oh yeah oh it was so funny you said this and blah 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 you yeah. know that should be like i feel like there should be a therapist next to every gym <laughs> yes I know I know um, I've worked with brands before and it's something I always bang on about we need to do more from a well-being point of view um, and I, th- I think it's going to go that way but we're just slow and then yeah. I hear people say oh but in London it's more common but in Scotland and I'm just like stop putting us in boxes yeah. like we don't have to be dinosaurs in Scotland it just takes a few voices to you know make a bit noise and say actually we're all human yeah. it doesn't really matter like it's not a trend mental health isn't a trend or oh, London are ahead of the trends shut up yeah. like this is killing people start to take notice start to listen and stop thinking about labels and that's just all nonsense really mm. it frustrates me um, and I think what the film was really good at, you know it, there was a lot about the male mental health but also the female and like being a mum and how hard it is to be a mum and people feeling like oh they have to put on this oh it's so good and I love my kids and then I am gushy like my kids are really cute but I love them most when they're sleeping and they're cuddling me and when they're having tantrums and stuff and it's hard for me I I find that a bit easier now because they're getting older and they can give you chat whereas those early stages it's just really, really hard because yeah. you're a full-time carer yeah. and you have no idea what they're going to do. <laughs> You've got to try your best. Um, what keeps you sane being a mum? Um, I suppose taking time away from a child is the number one key. But um, no, I think any, like people when they have new babies, my advice to them is always make sure that you make time for yourself because I think as a mum, nobody's ever going to give you time off. 
Yeah. You know, and your partner will be at work and they'll have time off. Yeah. And that to them is technically not time that they're going to work as a parent, essentially, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that I realised that quite quickly and started to sort of allocate myself time off. So in the beginning, like my ex, his mum used to take her daughter on a Monday because mm-hmm. that was like my days to kind of do stuff. Um, so definitely I think take, like remember who you are. I think you kind of lose who you are when you become a mother because mm-hmm. you're so absorbed in this job that's 24-7, mm-hmm. sucks up all your time, it requires so much effort, but this is the stuff that nobody tells you. Yeah. So you kind of, you try to have that life that you had before, the socialising and all the fun stuff, and then eventually it gets to the point where those things become quite stressful because you yeah. have to do it with a small child. And you end up not doing it. And I think you can get a wee bit lost Yeah. sometimes. I know. And it's having that balance between Jomo and FOMO, you know, like enjoying, like taking a step back from some things, but making sure you still, because at the end of the day, mum's just another label. You know, yeah. we're a person and we've got interests. We still like to dance. Well, I do. Um, but, you know, we still have interests out of being a mum or a dad and it's like make sure that you don't, it doesn't define you yeah. and you feel like it has to define you from guilt because you feel like I had this chat with my mum the other day and I was saying oh there was this project and I thought it'd be really good but I, if I was to take it on I would want Scott to take a step back from his work and be at home more and she, mm-hmm. her attitude was well, but, but the kids are your first priority and I'm saying yeah I love my kids but you know, two parents, who's to say it all falls on the mum as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you have a passion, then it doesn't necessarily mean it's just for one gender. You know? Well, so I think that that's my sanity. Like, making this film has been my sanity because then without that, I was just a mum. Mm-hmm. And so when I go and I do things like this, like, I feel good about myself. Yeah. So when I go back and I see my daughter, I've got so much time and energy for yeah. her. And I'm like, what have you done today? Yeah. Whereas when it's just you two all day together, you don't have that enthusiasm and stuff. So... I think it's crucial that you just keep doing stuff for yourself. You need to have a hobby. It doesn't have to be blooming writing and producing a film. Like, well done, that is an <laughs> achievement. I say to people, you know, you don't have to write a book. You don't have to, you know, a mum on the school run the other day. You're writing your next book. Like, how do you do that? And I'm like, don't, you know, I love writing. And I just, if, if it's a real, real passion, you just find a way yeah, to do it, don't you? Do, you do, find time. But for someone that perhaps doesn't want to take on a crazy project, just have something, something that they can do to go away, like photography or knitting or a sport or anything, isn't it? Yeah. To give you that space. I like, yeah, I like doing stuff now, like film festivals, going to the film festivals, which I never used to do before, but going to like all the industry talks and sort of immersing yourself in it. And that kind of gives me my wee boost like, oh yeah, I don't remember why I want to do this. Because yeah, I mean... I think you were probably really getting a lot of dopamine, you know, you were, when you're achieving, like something like, yeah. I mean, the film's amazing and the the scenery and like, I'm thinking in my head, like, how did you do it? I mean, you're writing the script, so it's like writing a book um, and then you're you're sourcing characters and you're directing and you're, oh, okay. When I look back now, I don't know how I've done it because yeah. it was like so much all at once. Um but at the same time, I think it's probably because I was the only person that it kind of worked out like I was very organised mm-hmm. about it. Um, and I think because of that, in my previous experience as an assistant director, yeah. so I kind of knew my time frames of what, what I could get away with and what I couldn't. Um, and yeah, it all kind of worked out in the end. But like, the people in North Berwick were so supportive and such kind and generous people, like, I could not have done it without them. Like, they were so amazing, so... What was it that made you choose North Berwick? I love North Berwick, and I have a lot of listeners that love North Berwick. Some live in North Berwick, so... Oh, um, well, I was living in North Berwick at the time, and so, obviously, when I was walking about North Berwick and stuff, like, when I was walking by the anchor and stuff, I was like, oh, I really want to shoot here, like, it's so beautiful... So I did, I wrote a scene for that bench um, and we did that, which was brilliant. But I was living there and I thought it was beautiful and technically 
or logistically, sorry, it would have made more sense for me to make it in Glasgow because all the crew are predominantly from Glasgow. So it would have been easier if I'd done that. But I was like, no, I I don't want to do that. I want to showcase Scotland because I think it's a beautiful country. And quite a lot of films, you don't necessarily see that. You know, they're always kind of these working class housing estate kind of films. And I just wanted to not be like that at all I wanted to live in a really nice place so he's this guy who's depressed and but everything around about him should be nice like his family are nice his friends are nice where he lives nice Uh so he falls in love as well yeah I love a love story (laughs) (laughs) and how did you source the actors and actresses um so Kevin Guthrie who's the lead I had worked with him on like Sunset Song and The Legend of Barney Thompson and Sunshine on Leith mm-hmm. uh, when I was an assistant director. And Siobhan Riley, I had worked with on Angel Share. Okay. And so mm-hmm. she had popped into my mind and somebody said, oh no, she doesn't act anymore, she's had a child. And I was like, no. Um, so I was like, oh, that, that's a shame. Anyway, so I spoke to this casting director saying I wanted to get in touch with her. And she told me that she didn't do it anymore. So I started going away and auditioning other people. And, and then all of a sudden, this casting director, weeks later, came back to me. And she was like, Siobhan wants to speak to you. And I was just like, yes. Oh, and I spoke to her. And she was kind of in the same boat as me. She's like, oh, I've had this child. And her kids are about the same age. And she's like, I'm thinking of getting back into acting. And I was like, yes, I've got to make it a film. Come. And she was like, okay. So oh, that was really good. But um, but basically, most of the main cast I've worked with before. Some of them I hadn't worked with before. So Cameron Fulton, who plays Gavin, which is like Brian's friend in the story. Um, people like him I had never worked with before, but he, I think he's amazing. I think he's one to watch. Like I think he's really talented. Really. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll do really well. Tell me about what makes a really talented actor or actress. Oh, I t- do you know what it's? Oh. It's that X factor. I don't know. There's something about them that you're really drawn to them. And like, so for example, when I was looking at audition tapes for the part of Gavin, which was played by Cameron Fulton, you know, I seen all these, you just know. Like, as soon as you see them, you're like, that's the person. Like, they're the one that is portraying that character the best or whatever like I don't it's just like that sixth sense like you know you're like that's you is it an energy thing because we're all energy right you pick up on something yeah they've definitely got a presence Uh and when I've worked like on other films with big actors and a big actor could be in a scene like this you and I Uh but I do not take my eyes off the big actor Uh because there's something about them you're like drawn to them really I don't know what it is they're like, I remember working with Ray Winston, and every time he was on the screen, I just could not help but look at him. Really? Like, yeah, I think he's amazing. What was it about him? Like, if you, you're you looking in the screen, is it... I don't know what it what is. words just, come to mind? I don't know. I was just like, I just cannot take my eyes off him. Like, I've just got this... I don't know, like, natural allure or something they're, they kind of draw you in without even trying I can't I can't explain it amazing <laughs> no it's, I think it's amazing to see and when you work with bigger actors you're kind of like oh I see why you're one of these bigger actors like you've you've got like a certain quality that really? no everybody's got and is it something they develop or is it something they're born with I think it's something they're born with. I think it's something that they've got. Like, I, you could never learn to be like that, I don't think. Yeah. There's something about them. That's interesting. But is it subjective? Because could you be looking at him, for example, and then someone else is like, I don't get it? Are, do we, are we all drawn Oh, well, maybe actually, I'm maybe it's subjective. Because yeah. some people would maybe watch the same thing and go, he's crap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find that so interesting, what makes us connect to certain people. Like, when I, I remember, I used to love drama. I adore it. And everyone at school was like, you're going to drama school, right? I was like, yeah, yeah. And I, so in my hire, I went for an exam and uh, two of the ladies, there was maybe a panel of like 15 and two of the ladies gave me top marks. They were like, she's amazing. But there was others that just weren't, they were like, whatever. Yeah, and you know, I'm probably a subject to that. So I, I find that interesting though, because obviously there'll be, there'll be some that everyone loves also, maybe as you say, 
Um, but I find it really interesting what makes certain people drawn and what is it? And is it just that... You I know, suppose it's also a confidence thing. Yeah. Like they they know what they're doing. So yeah. they're very chilled out and laid back so, about it. So they're not like really anxious yeah, on, on the set. Or overacting or anything like that. You know, they're they're, just, they know their abilities. They're natural, but they're in character. Yeah, yeah. They're not being themselves. They're being someone else. So yeah. they just get how to do that. Yeah. Because you know, some actors and actresses, they kind of... Was it Hugh Grant got called out for that? He just is the same every time on screen or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think to be an actor, you have to be so smart, so switched on, and like I, 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 I think they're amazing. Like I would on set with Kevin and Siobhan, obviously you rehearse stuff and mm. you give them actions to do, and after every take, you could give them another note, which is like can you do that slightly faster next time? And then it'd be cut. And then actually, could you do that faster? And could you do that with your right hand? And then it's like cut. Actually, could you do that faster? Could you do that with your left hand? And could you maybe take another step forward? And so you're constantly giving them these notes and they always just remember it and do it. And wow. I was just looking at them and think, be, after like 10 or so like notes, I'd be like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, where is this? Where do I put my... That way? Or that way? Perfect. Put my hands again. Like, but I guess but it's practice. I know. So just, no. But that, it, and they're doing that and remembering the lines and the original action you gave them, and it's just spunkers. I, I, I look at, I'm like, I'm in awe of them. I think that's amazing. I, I don't think I'd be able to do that. The detail that you have to put in, and, yeah. and all the. I mean, how long did it take to shoot? Uh, we did it in a record time of like fifteen days. Wow! So most feature films are shot in like five to six weeks, as in like a low budget feature film. So yeah, we did it in two weeks, which was pretty hard going. But oh, no, and how good. did you raise the budget, or was it? Um, it was self funded mostly. We did do a couple of Indiegogos, um, but yeah, it was predominantly self funded because I'm a, a, like a new director. I've never done anything before. You know, nobody was going to give me that golden check <laughs> and say, go make a film. But no, I'm, I'm really pleased with it. And no, it's been really good. It's amazing. Um, it's just so nice. And uh, something about it being by the sea as well, as you say, you could be... The first panic attack I ever had was in New Zealand. Mm. Water, mountains. But I just wasn't... I felt lonely. I felt misunderstood. I was drinking too much. I wasn't sleeping enough. You know, it was... Mm. If you had a checklist of all the things, yeah, the cocktail, like bam, 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 right. But with mental health, like this main character, you sort of think of what cocktail. What was his cocktail? What mm. was causing it? Because as you see, some people do it that have kids. Like some people are really depressed and they consider suicide. You know, there's a scene at the start of your film, and it's like. What, it gets you thinking, why Why would people consider that if they've got kids? Like, what is their cocktail? What is going on? So mm. did you research about different things like that would come into people's mind or like voices or stuff like that? Um, no, but for me, like my character, my main character, his problem is that he's got an issue that he's not talking to anyone about. Like he's not talking about his mental health. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, he's in that bad place. Like, if it's the type of situation that if he actually like decanted all those thoughts in his head and told them to somebody, yeah. he would be able to get help. But he doesn't do that. And at the beginning of the film, you know, um, he bumps in this guy Jeff, who is he's about to take his own life, and this guy Jeff comes along and stops him. And you know, even at that point, he can't tell Jeff. He's like. It's too raw for him. He doesn't want to tell him. It's only by accident Jeff's there, and and it's things like that. Like if actually if he should be, it would be great if we had a society where that young guy would actually tell somebody mm-hmm. at that point. Like this is what I've, this is what I was thinking about doing for these reasons, but nobody seems to do that. I found when I started talking about it openly, if I bumped into people I hadn't seen in ages in supermarkets or whatever. Like they would come out and tell me stuff like I was contemplating suicide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Since doing this film, like so many people tell me stuff now. It's amazing. Mm. It's am- it, So it just shows the power. And it's everybody. It's so common. Yeah. Yeah. So why are we not doing more? And 
I think it's a lot to do with marketing as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, portraying this happy life, like if you buy this home and have this husband and these children, life will be amazing. And mm-hmm. and then when people get all these things and they don't feel amazing, and it's because they went on this journey trying to get the things that society told them were going to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And actually it's not what makes you happy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And what, what do you believe makes us happy? Um, for me... I think, well, my film's called Connect, and I think connection is having people in your life, um, being connected to, like, your family, your friends, and because, like, we're social animals, like, we're not supposed to be alone, and just trying to incorporate as much people in your life as possible, but for me, personally, I've always got to be growing, Mm -hmm. if I'm not learning something or doing something new, that's when I start to get, like, bored or depressed or... I'm no, do you know, like when I I did business studies at uni Mm. and then I went and got a job as an outsourcing consultant and I was so depressed and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, this is what I should be happy at. Like, I've been gearing towards this kind of graduate job and now I've got it. Why am I not happy? And at this point, me and my friend had bought a house together and so we were independent young women and and I was like, why am I not happy? Like, Mm. I should be so happy. And, um, and I was like, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. Like, I've done what I thought I should do. I never done what I wanted to do. Yeah. And that's when I went back and I did TV and production. I went back to college and I did an HND in TV production. Good for you. So I think I learned quite early on, like, I'm not going to have a life that people think I should have. I'm going to now have the life I want. And then, so I worked in TV and film for years. And then, but obviously when I got into TV and film, I wanted to produce not so much direct actually but I wanted to produce and then so once I had my daughter I was kind of like what am I going to do now and I thought well I can't go back to being an assistant director because the hours and parenting do not go Mm -hmm. so I thought well I've always wanted to produce so that's what I'm going to go and do I don't know how I'm going to do it (laughs) what I'm going to do and then I ended up directing the film and actually I really enjoy directing and that's what I'd prefer to do so wow but I, I think that's the problem is that pe- you kind of have this blueprint of how life should be and mm-hmm. when life doesn't match it or you get those things, you realise they're not going to make you happy. Yeah. Do you know, like all oh, the sports car and the money and the big house and yeah. people get all these things or people win Oscars and whatever and then are like, oh, I'm not fulfilled. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, why? And I think you need to find your passion, like what fulfills you. So I think you always need to be grown in some way but also for me recently, like in the film, there's a bit about um, Contact the Elderly, which actually changed its name now, annoyingly. But um, that's about um, volunteering. Like I volunteer at, the re- at weekends, like mm-hmm. once a month, and you pick up these older people. And before I used to take them to tea parties, but now I take them to museums in Glasgow now. Amazing. And it's brilliant. And I think that um, things like that, like charity, like giving back... Mm-hmm is really good for you like it's you feel good and it's good for other people so I think um contributing and growth are like the two main things for me that but also like in terms of diet and mental health as well like I think these are key things and if I don't go to the gym and I eat really badly I feel really bad yeah it's like if you put bad stuff in your body and you don't move it and our bodies are made to move you know it's like it's that balance though because when I was writing the book I'm sure you felt that way with the film it's like you're all in on it and mm-hmm. you're like no I've not got time to go for an hour to that <laughs> class like I've got to get this done that was me yesterday <laughs> yeah but then you're like you know you need to take I've, I've got a quote up on my quiet the mind and the soul will speak it's like mm-hmm. your downloads come when you go and you take a workout or you go for a run and you move yeah. the body you I learned that when I was writing because if I was really stuck at a, right, at a point in writing I would be like why can I not think of something? And I would literally be like, right, I'm going to go to Steampunks and get a coffee or something. And literally be in the cute Steampunks and I'd go, oh, I know the answer now. And like run back to my laptop. So It's funny. It's like when you stop thinking, it's almost like, you know, it doesn't come. Like I believe we all have a soul and I believe it comes from somewhere else and not our minds, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like, that wherever that place is it's not when you're overthinking and like oh you're getting yeah. it's like 
boom, that was it. <laughs> but it'll always give you the answer. Yeah. Like it will always make sure you get it kind of thing. Yeah. It's so weird. I know, it's 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 powerful stuff. But um oh what a what a mission you've been on. I know. I think it's been like a massive journey for me, like in terms of my mental health as well as making a film and learning to be a filmmaker and everything. So it's like like a kind of double whammy growth. What sort of feedback? What what's been the bit of feedback that's really gonna stick with you? Um I think those things I spoke about earlier, like people wanting to talk about mental health and people opening up and speaking about it. Like we did the premiere at Glasgow Film Festival and after that there was young men in the audience and they were expressing that they had had mental health issues and were given like really positive feedback about the film. So things like that, I'm like, oh yay, like people are talking about it, this is great. But I mean, there's still like a, a, a lot to do for people to see the film. So mm-hmm. hopefully more people get to see it and talk about it. Yeah, well, come on listeners, let's support this fantastic project. Um, I I think more, and as you say, there will be people that think, oh, I just don't need to see that. I want a feel good. It is a feel good film. Like I was really, really enjoying it. And there's sad parts, like every, well, most films, sad, happy. Um, But it does make you think and Mm. we need to be challenged. And... It just, it's a different perspective on things as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, and it's just lovely to watch and the scenery and <laughs> so it's really good. Are you going to do more films? Oh, wow. I know I got, I actually got phoned yesterday, well, I got an email yesterday about a script for somebody else and I was like, oh, I thought of working for somebody else. I never thought of that before. Um, so yeah, I would definitely make other stuff. Um, in terms of me, do I want to write more? Yeah, I want to do another one um, about mums and the struggle with being a mum, basically, is what I want to do. I'd like to make a musical, though, and make it slightly more upbeat. So that we could all be singing? <laughs> yeah. Ah. I don't know if that's going to work, though. Who it's would just... write the musical? Um, so that in my film, there was a song that yeah. somebody sings, like one of the songs in my film. Love that. Um, I was in tears to that part. <laughs> and um, so the guy that wrote the songs, James Mackay. So I would probably he he wants to write a musical. He's like I'd always love to write a musical. Oh, so I said, well, do you know if I kind of if, if, if I attempt a song, will you will you make it a real song? Oh. Um, so yeah, I don't know how I'm gonna do it just now, but yeah, I'm gonna start writing that in December. Oh, that's the, really. But I mean, in, in the meantime, I would do other projects. You mm-hmm. know. Um, because next time I do it, I want to do it completely properly and have it well funded and stuff. So, well, it's just it's like everything. Like when well, my first book, I'm like, right, the next one, I'm going to elevate it. It's going to be like deeper and even more me and even more challenging and even more oomph. Yeah. You know, and we grow and we learn and we think, right, I wouldn't do that. And I, and as you say, when you keep growing, because every year, if you're open to growing, like self-development, I'm massive on, and I think everyone needs to make time to work on their mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we keep growing in whatever way that is, then each new year can be really exciting. Yeah, no, it doesn't definitely. have to be like a, oh, and we don't have to carry these labels and these stories and these roles. Like we can do things. Like something that frustrates me is when people say, how do you do that? It's like, any, you know, you you just find a way if you have a passion you can find a way you just need to be strict to say get help don't turn the grandparents down if they're offering if a friend mm-hmm. offers to help don't turn them down if you know it doesn't have to be for one gender alone you know but i'm the mum. that's my job says who yeah. why do you feel you have to do that all the time actually no it's not you know stop being so hard on yourself be a bit more compassionate if you've got a passion something that you really really want to do which I think is great if you want to raise more awareness in future for mums because you know it is hard and there's still a bit of a you have mummy guilt yeah like it's kind of it's in you already like Uh and that I think I've overcome mummy guilt going through this process do you know what I mean in the beginning you're like oh what I can't leave my child but now I'm like, right, you're going to wait Granny's for a couple of days because Mama needs to go do something with a film. <laughs> and it's good, you know, I always say it takes a village to raise a child. Like, it's good for them to have other role models and yeah. other stories and other 
thoughts so that they don't just become us as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and because it, it's very easy for them to pick up things like habits and stories that we've, and we need to break that cycle. Yeah. And it, it's worrying though, because you think, well, if you're doing good at something and then you're like, what if someone else can screw them up? You know, it's like yeah. we're, we're carrying around all these fears, aren't we? Yeah. Like, what, what's, what's such and such going to say? They told you that? They told you that? They commented on that? <laughs> you know, it's like we pick up on everything. And there's also, I don't know where we get this from, but there's this kind of like pressure to always be perfect to oh. be that kind of 1950s housewife like your house should always be clean, the dinner mm. should always be on the table, like your kids should be well dressed and all these things and now I'm so like I'll just do whatever if my daughter turns around to me like she did the other night and was like I don't want to have a bath I'm like okay yeah. <laughs> like I'm not gonna spend what I used to do is spend like an hour fighting going come on you have to go in the bath and she'd be like no and now I just think no yeah, why? Um, like, you know, unless they absolutely stink, it's like they don't need to have that routine every single day time. Like my kids are, they love their bath because I'm like a water baby, so they probably picked that up for me. But they don't like. I've never been the sort that lays out their clothes. Like hmm. it's just like, all right, you want to wear that or that. Like at the weekend, they both wanted to wear a Christmas jumper. Oh. I Rudolph and I was like, Do you know what? It's not even Halloween yet. But I had that in the summer though. <laughs> and she went to wear the Christmas jumper with these boots that were fur lined <laughs> that were a size too small for her <laughs> and these like pudsy hair band. And I was like, oh my God, you look a riot. Oh no. And I was like, those boots are going to be too worn. Like you're going to, and they're a size too wee. They're going to hurt your toes. And I think, well, she's not listening to me, so she'll find it the hard way. And I was like, okay, you wear what you want. It's fine, I'm leaving arguing in this. Like, License. You'll learn yourself. <laughs> I'm like, it's too hot. Ah. I know, it's funny sometimes. Well, secretly putting a pair of spare shoes in the bag. And, oh, yeah, that's the thing. You're like, I, t- I told you. <laughs> but it's quite satisfying now because, you know, it's like, I don't want to wear a jacket. Fine. Like, don't wear a jacket. And then she'll go, oh. And I'll go, are you cold now? And she'll no, no, no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Bye. There's something amazing about becoming a parent or being around kids. Um, just the kind of, the realness of them. Like, they will tell you how it is. If they're mm. excited, you know they're excited. If they're sad, you know they're sad. And it's like, what point do we lose that magic where our ego is not, you know, overthinking things or we're not bogged down with what other people think about us. Yeah. I think I think children are great because they're like pure joy. Mm. Like they just wake up every day happy. Yeah. And all they want to do is have fun. Mm. And as a parent I'm always like, Shh be quiet, I'm doing something like shh don't do that. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, don't, 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 don't and I found myself like no no doing that anymore. Yeah. So it's like, oh you, you know, like we used to have a thing like at tea time we'd like to dance. Yeah. So we'll have a wee dance and I stuff. And I'll like I give her the time and we have a wee dance and then I'm like, right now I need to go make the dinner and then I'll come back. Um but before I was always like, No, I need to make the dinner now, it's like five o'clock, I have to go whereas yeah. now I'm like, Oh let's dance. Yeah, let's yeah. always make time to have a bad dance. And I think she's like this constant reminder to me to like just chill out and have yeah. fun, like Stop taking life too seriously. Like. Yeah, and it's so easy to get stuck in that trap. And obviously, mm. there are times you have a deadline, but for some people, it's it's like that all the time. Yeah. It's all the time. It's not just one project. It's, and it can be so easy to just be blah, 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 blah. and then when the noise and when you're not having time to laugh and dance, I think that's when you know, like, right, I yeah. perhaps cross the line yeah. here with this. It's really hard. Like Charlie woke up this morning. And he set that he ran down, he never does this, and he set the whole alarm off. And I ran downstairs and I was dismantled. Like, Bad. And then he broke his heart and I was like, Oh I'm sorry, I didn't mean to shout, it was just an accident. Come on, come for a cuddle. So I took him up into the room. He's like, Mum, I only ran down because I wanted to get my treasure. Because I had the best dream ever last night. You and I were walking to this magic waterfall and this mermaid gave us all this treasure and it was the most amazing day, mummy. And I was just Aww. like, oh, my days just break my heart now. <laughs> like, I'm glad that I wasn't just, that was just really wrong. Like, go and sit down. And then if I hadn't given him a hug and said, oh, I'm sorry, it was just an accident, I, would, I may have never heard that story. Mm. I may have never heard about that waterfall. And uh, I just think, like, kids, as you say, pure joy, they have magic in them, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Like, serious, crazy magic, but 
so often we don't see it, yeah, you know, yeah. and we're so bogged down by need to do this, need to be out of the house at this time, need to have them in these clothes, need to have them in that. Who really cares at the end of the day? Yeah. You know, you know, for me, leaving the house has always been the most stressful part of being a parent. It's just like... Yeah, I've worked to it, it takes me 30 minutes to leave the house. <laughs> I've always thought it was 15 to find out it's actually 30. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but when you allow more time, so when you get up and you have like maybe just a bit less pressure, and you're like, actually, you know, we'll sit and we'll make time to have a breakfast or, you know, just little things that you know. I've, I've been doing that lately. Like, I get up early and I'll maybe send some emails and I'll do a wee bit of work. Mm-hmm. So then when my daughter wakes up, I'm like, morning. Hello. How are you? <laughs> like, talk to me. There's <laughs> all that chat about morning routine. I've not read that book. What is it? The Miracle Morning or something. I've not read it, but there is something in that, like getting out and having a little bit of time for yourself mm. first, like calm before yeah. the crazy, like, yeah, we're alive a bit. But like, you just take that pressure off yourself because I'll be thinking, I've got to email that person and the whole time I'm like, right, there's your breakfast, like, hurry up and get ready because I'm tired this person I need to email them and that's all I'm thinking about whereas if I email them before she even wakes up then I'm as soon as she wakes up I've just got so much time and energy for her it's, yeah, yeah. I think managing your time a wee bit more efficiently as a parent to suit you mm-hmm. do you know what I mean um so yeah it's helpful but I think it takes you kind of years to learn this stuff yeah <laughs> it does like I feel like I've just had a bit of an Aha, a year where I'm like, I started off with deep meditation and mindfulness because it was just like, I was that towards the end of last year, I was really happy with the work and the way everything was going, but I was just a bit busy in my mind, a bit too blah, 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 blah. Um, So I booked into the mindful uh, course and just got still and got a bit more grounded and... As a result, was arguing less with the kids, was arguing less with hubs, because that was just like, we were heading for a divorce at Christmas. I was mm. like, we just didn't even want to talk to each other some days. It's like, hey, Joe, I can still does my head in sometimes. <laughs> but was arguing less. It just gave me a bit more clarity and a bit more space so that now, and it's not like this all the time, but I enjoy sitting and having breakfast. Mm. You know, I enjoy the chat. I'm more present. I'm more in the moment than mm. in my head. Um, and I don't think you can learn that from a textbook. It's, yeah. it's practice. It's yeah. actually going easy on yourself, taking time out to do these things, taking time out to slow down and, and make sure that you're in line with, as you say, your values. So you did a degree and stuff that you didn't really want to do. Mm. You know, I was thinking that the other day. I ended up, so I was always going to go into drama. And then last minute, I was apparently the highest day of the year in business management. And loads of people said, don't go to acting school. It's really competitive. And you'd be really great at business. So I did a business degree and I loved it and I met great friends. But sometimes I think, I wonder what would have happened, like sliding doors, if I'd gone into drama because now I'm on stage and performing a lot. But I don't think, I think you've done the right thing because when I started to make my film, I was kind of like, why have I spent so many years not making films? Why did I not leave school and go, I want to make films? Like, because it's always been my passion for, I was like a small child, like, loved watching musicals and all these things. I always wanted to be involved in film. It just felt like a really ludicrous, bizarre thing for somebody in Scotland to actually go and work in that industry. But now that I look back, every kind of job that I've had in the past, whether it's even just been like, doing my business degree or working as a waitress when I was a student or whatever, like all these things now have given me a skill or a quality or a contact. And so when I've come to make my film, it's kind of like everything just slotted together. It's like, funny, isn't it? So I think that you know your business studies degree probably has been useful without you realising it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the people you meet and the where you end up, you know, if you think, oh, perhaps you're offered, I've been in the situation where I've been offered two jobs at once and I've really been excited about both but I had to go with that gut gut feeling about yeah. the one that excited me most and I think now the people the friendships I made out of those roles are just so precious and so yeah. you know um like I think you'll always take the right path kind of thing uh uh-huh. you know I mean? yeah yeah uh, that's a really that's really um motivating for people actually mm. 
It's a, it's a powerful reminder. So all you've been through shaped you to this. We're going to make yeah. a lot of noise about the film um, and it's going to be great and it already has raised so much awareness. So well mm. done to that. Thanks, it could be so easy to focus on like the next goals and everything else, but it's good to take a, a step back and go, wow, like people are opening up because of this film. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about beautiful scenery and North Berwick and great acting and music and stuff. It's on a deeper level, it's actually impacting people's lives, which I guess all art should do, shouldn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. And it's it's when the art is really sincere and it comes from a place of honesty. I think that's when it's, you know, when it actually means something. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Although I feel like in the world of film, it's a bit of a tricky place to be because quite a lot of films about fantasy and people want that escapism and uh-huh. they want to see... I don't know, you know, the boy getting the girl and, you know, the superhero saving the day and, like, we're kind of into those formulas. Those formulas work for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when it comes to maybe doing something about mental health, that's not as exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, although that's why in my film there's quite a lot of humour and there's a lot of singing. So I've tried to sort of balance that out and make it more entertaining. But... Um, yeah, it's a tricky situation to be in with male mental health. It's really, really hard. But I, and I touched on this in my first book, about, you know, growing up with a fairy tale and the dream guy, it's damaging. Yeah. It, you know, I spent my life looking for this prince and I thought I'd found him and then you really get to know someone and you go, I, you don't complete me. Like, yeah. you're a great guy and we've got chemistry and all this stuff, but, you know, you start to think, but the prince that rescues and takes all your problems away and you start to almost imagine that perfect exists. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's 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 a bit of an illusion. You know, it's, it's all these pressures you put in your head that you're expecting of someone. Mm. And um, I think we do need to make changes and it's that balance between... You know, a bit of the fantasy, but also a bit of the reality too. Yeah, I think there needs to be more focus on making yourself happy. Like, I know a few people right now who are kind of separating for their partners. Mm-hmm. And um, and I suppose they've kind of got into relationships, maybe lost themselves a bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my advice to them is, like, work out who you are mm-hmm. and, like, set a standard for your life and values and beliefs that you have. Mm-hmm. And... You know, next time you go into a relationship, you stick with that. Yeah. And keep stick. make sure you keep yourself happy. Uh-huh. So that, you know, if you're the type of person that goes to the gym every morning and then you start a new relationship and you stop going, you become annoyed at yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, then you start to go down a bad road. And my advice is, like, stick with what, what you like, what you do, mm-hmm. and always be that person. And either the right person will either kind of work with you or against you, and you know you'll it's, you'll quickly know if they're for you. It's those frictions, and it's knowing what you can handle in a person, knowing yeah. what you're prepared to put up. With. Yeah. Um, and that can be a challenge because if you've got stress and you're not taking that time, then perhaps you're going to snap more. Things will annoy you more. Um, but I think that's amazing advice. I've had friends, wise friends, that know me so well. They'll say. Oh, are you, you're not like going out to eat as much? Is that because Scott like staying at home or do you know? And I'd be like, you, you really enjoy going out to eat, like, make sure you still do that. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's not into it as I am actually. And it's something that I've enjoyed with other partners in the past, but obviously it's not been a great relationship. But, and I was like, right, yeah, you need to compromise. If there's something that you like to do and then you stop doing it to please the other, then you do start to feel that resentment. Yeah. Like, oh, actually, no. We will be eating out today, <laughs> but you know, so it works for both. Yeah, um, definitely. And uh, there's so many different things that you could think of, but yeah, like working out, but so often we don't take the time to work out what it is we really want and who we really are. Yeah. Sometimes that can change because your experiences change you, don't they? Yeah. And I think women have a tendency to kind of adapt to whoever they end up going out with. Like, you know, do you know, think so. Like, mm-hmm. think about your relationships, you end up sort of hanging about with your boyfriend and doing what it is they do and you I've seen guys that happens to as yeah. well though. but do you think more women um well I think in the women the people that I know have been more women who end up well actually that's a lie I just thought of one guy 
But um, but no, I think some people can do that, end up just attaching onto their life. And I think it's like important to create your life and what it is that you like first. And being like holding your ground. Aye. But like, like learn who you are. Like, mm-hmm. and learn to love yourself and all that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then you'll be find it easier to compromise. And no, not a compromise, but then you'll you'll kind of you'll have a standard for yourself. So when mm. somebody comes into your life, you'll be like, actually, no, you're no, you don't meet my standard, yeah. or you're yeah. no ticking all my boxes. I'll see you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's you know, yeah. you're not going to just settle for the slightest bit of connection. You're you're going to want somebody that's kind of on par with you. Yeah, that's powerful advice. That's going to help people. So it's the single girl. <laughs> yeah, but are you happy? <laughs> no, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, my mate was. I was so sad on Saturday night. I was working on my film, and my friend phoned me, and she was like, "Why are you sitting on a Saturday night?" And I was like. What's really sad is I get so much enjoyment out of it. It's amazing. That's amazing. I was like, you know, I will, I will try to find myself a boyfriend, but right now I'm too focused on my film and I don't want any distractions. Yeah. Um, and that can distract. Love distracts. Oh yeah. When yeah. You're st- those early stages, especially yeah. when you're getting all the dopamine, you're getting yeah. all the court, um, cortisol, what are the different ones you get? Oxytocin, that's one. Uh, you get hooked on oxytocin, you're yeah. just like, oh, bother. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want, I want. I just want to spend the next couple of months working on my film before I can even. Yeah, quite right. Because you've worked really, really hard, and you don't want to be distracted. Yeah. Um, and and you've set that standard, so good. Maybe come Christmas, you get a wee kiss under the mistletoe. <laughs> Well, that'd be nice. (laughs) Amazing. Well, I've really, really enjoyed this. And I always ask people at the end what their favourite song is and why. Um, Oh, wow. Oh, um, uh, what's it called? September by Earth, Wind and Fire. Oh, uh, oh, uh, how's it go? You want to sing it? Oh, no. (laughs) No, I'm thinking of when September ends. Do you remember when it was last September? It's like a disco song. Amazing. Yeah, we'll play it and we'll have a quick, uh, we'll dance us out. That's kind of like, do you know, do you know when you see like really happy people in films and they're like, kind of dancing along the street maybe if they're like really happy like that is like my dance along the street kind of song like oh. I would look like, when I'm listening to it and I'm walking along the street I just want to burst it and dance oh I love that <laughs> well let's get on let's do it. you've been amazing thank you so so thanks much thanks for having me thanks for coming thanks girl oh yeah oh yeah do you remember the 21st night of September Changing the minds of pretender While chasing the clouds away Our hearts were ringing And the key that our souls were singing And we danced in the night Remember how the stars filled the night away Oh yeah She loves the song. It's a real feel good, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Take it down, yo. That's all with you, holding hands with your heart to see you. Only blue dark and love. Remember how we knew love was here to stay. Now December found the love that we shared in September. Only blue dark and love remember the true love we shared today. Oh yeah. Yeah.
singing. Oh yeah. Remember, never the cloudy day. It's never a cloudy day when I do this podcast. I tell you, I'm learning so much from every leader that comes on to this. And I just want to remind you guys, you're a leader, right? You are a leader, whether you like it or not. You're a blooming leader. You're a freaking leader. Um, so lead. We all have a choice how we lead. Do something. Do something that excites you. Do something that helps to change the world. That helps to get people thinking and stops them in their tracks. Well done to Marilyn for taking the time to bash out a film. Holy moly. What a, what a girl. Um, and thank you for your time and your inspiration today. It's been amazing. Mwah.